Hello, you are listening to the Plumfield Moms, and this is Our Librarian Life, a card catalog project at Plumfield and Pidea. Hi, I'm Diane Pendergraft. I'm here with Sarah Masaryk, and we have Sherry Early and Christy Stansfield with us today. Diane, it is a joy and a privilege to bring these librarians here today to launch a brand new series that we are doing. So those of you who enjoy the Our Reading Life series might enjoy this. Those of you who are budding librarians or current librarians and looking for a little librarian-specific listening, this is the podcast for you. We hope to be able to meet monthly between the four of us in our four different stages of being librarians, our four different ways of being librarians, our four different ages and geographies and all those things, and talk about what it is that we're doing each month and bring you along for the journey. So Sherry and Christy, we are delighted that you were willing to come along and do this with us. Thank you for being here. Well, I'm excited to be here. And I think Christy is too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. I love nothing better than to talk about library (laughs) things or books. Library things. How to, yeah, or how to control the disaster that it has become. <laughs> well, this is our first episode. And so we want to give our listeners a little perspective on who each of us are relative to our libraries and let you know that in future episodes, we'll just jump right into the, the meat and potatoes of it all. But today we want to introduce you more formally to Sherry and Christy as librarians in their libraries and give you a sense of where each of us are in this journey, how we got here. And um, and each of us will also tell you a little bit about what we're doing this month. But starting with next month, we'll just go straight into the business of living our lives as private lending librarians. So Sherry, let's start with you. How long have you been a private lending librarian? My library is in Houston, Texas, and I've been doing this for about nine years. About nine now. years. Okay. And so your library is Marriott Homeschool Library in Houston, Texas. Sherry, last year at about this time, we spoke to you and got your librarian story. And we will link that in the show notes for people who want more of the nitty gritty details. But just give us a thumbnail sketch. Why did you decide to do this, and why do you continue to do this? Well, okay, so I'm a librarian from way back. Mm. Um, I was a school, an elementary school librarian for a few years when I was first married. Then I had eight children, um, so I was a private, not lending librarian <laughs> for my children um, for many years. And then when they were all grown, um, I wanted the books. I didn't have any grandchildren at the time, and I wanted the books to be used, and I didn't want them to go somewhere else to to leave my home because I hoped that I might have grandchildren someday. And so I thought, oh, I should lend these books out Mm. to people just like kind of like an elementary school library yeah. only for homeschoolers. Yeah. So that's what I did. Beautiful. Now your library is available on TinyCat. So people can anywhere can find your library on TinyCat and your patrons have logins to TinyCat so that they can check out their books and manage their books there. 
So the, the big question is, do your grandchildren have their own tiny cat logins? My two children that have children, mm-hmm. um, yes, they check out books from my library too. So they have their own. It's not a login. It's a, it's a pin. Ah, but yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So when your children, when your grandchildren are visiting and they want to read a book from grandma's library, they can still go and check it out from you. Is that right? Yeah, if they if they want to take it home, they have to check it out. That's awesome. Because otherwise, I wouldn't know where the books right. were. Right, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I ask these questions because so many of us who are considering becoming librarians or are in the beginning of it are wondering, what do we do if we want these books to be available for our grandchildren? Do we put some of our books in a special collection off to the side? Do we integrate them all in? What have you done? I just about did the opposite i took a lot of my children's books that probably were given to them for christmas and stuff like that but to be to be fair my children at the time were all living in apartments or dorms or you know very transient yeah housing and didn't want the books sure sure um and even now um my children that have my grandchildren um, are not in a place where they can fit any more books into their home. Sure, so, sure. Um, so they're, they're not, they haven't complained about me um, <laughs> just integrating all the books in the house into the library. <laughs> See, my kids are actually donating their books into the library too. And my kids are only 12, 14 and 16. But it was so funny yesterday when I was uh, updating one of the books and it says and there's an inscription in there that I gave this book to Jack on his first Holy Communion, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, should that really be in the li-? Well, yeah, I guess it's in the library now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they left it here right? when they moved out, then, you know, it was fair, fair game. game. <laughs> <laughs> and Sherry, what do you love most about this? Why do you continue to wake up and want to do this every day? I love finding new books, finding Mm -hmm. good books, Mm -hmm. and I love recommending books to people Mm -hmm. and seeing them, you know, come back and say, oh, that was so good. Mm -hmm. Do you have any more like this? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 you know, bibliophile, love books. Yeah. (laughs) That's beautiful. So, Christy, what about you? How long have you been a librarian, and and how did this all start for you? I I may or may not have said in in my library story that I think being a librarian I used as an excuse for collecting. <laughs> yeah, more I think books. you did that in your card catalog library. Right. I, I, I think <laughs> I, I, I think, think we I all laughed that. out loud when we read it. <laughs> I think we can all identify. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Because, you know, you'd be, you'd be somewhere with a, maybe at a book sale or something like that with several boxes <laughs> in your stack. And somebody might walk by and say, what do you do with all these? And, you know, I was like, well, I, I really don't want to say that I just am greedy and I want all the books. So how can I put a nicer spin on this? And then one day it was just like, oh, I could lend these books. I could be a mm. librarian. I've always mm. loved books. I think I would love to have a book. Yes, movie. you would. You are Parnassus on wheels. <laughs> I would love to have a bookmobile. And the bookmobile 
was a big deal in our town because our town didn't have a library. So I I would love to, but I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Your library's too but, big uh, to be a bookmobile. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it probably could be moved. This I have a twelve by twenty six <laughs> building, and it's full. But and you know they move right. houses, well, and, right? And truly, your bookmobile could just be a collection of five hundred books, and you just restock every you know every time kids start checking books out, you just go sure. back to your library and get more of them. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somehow our bookmobile never ran out (laughs) so uh, but anyway no so I I started seriously collecting books in the Mm -hmm. in the 80s Mm -hmm. probably Mm -hmm. um, because I was transient Mm -hmm. I was living out of suitcases Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really have any way to carry a bunch of stuff around so uh it, it was probably the early 80s when I started collecting books. But once my daughter and I both started collecting, it never <laughs> stopped. And it didn't really slow down either. And the Book Savers <laughs> warehouse sales did not help either. I actually have a question for both of you, though I have more for you, Christy. When did you guys first find out that there were a lot of other women doing this and and decide to join what was then the Yahoo group or the groups IO group or the, the Facebook League of Lending Librarians group? Like when did you identify yourself not as, hey, I'm a book buyer with a lot of books as, hey, there's a whole bunch of librarians out there. I guess I'm one of them. When did that happen for you? I do not remember. Mm. I don't even know how uh, I found okay. out about it. I do remember watching a video of Liz Cottrell mm-hmm. online where she does, uh, this lady it was interviewing her and they do a tour of her library and thinking, oh, that's what my idea was, but it's fleshed out. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's what I, that is, that, that's it. That's what I want to do. Awesome. So I now that you bring that up, yeah. a little bit in the back of my head, but. The, that video really fleshed it out for me. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I bet I found out through mm. Michelle because I found the Truth mm-hmm. Quest guides somehow. Now, I don't remember how I did that either, but um, I'm pretty sure that she wrote about, she had a History Questers group on mm. Yahoo. And I probably joined that first and then probably found out about the uh, library group from her, from her group. Isn't this fascinating? I feel like in the time when you ladies were getting started, there was a lot of slow, slow ramp up. You know, you had an idea, you were doing it, you were testing it, you didn't know other people were doing it. Then you find out other people are doing it. You're sharing some ideas, but there wasn't this clear today I'm putting out a shingle and I am open for business right? That, that it didn't happen quite like that. For no. You. Is that right? No. Cause I was raising children at the time. And Sherry, what about you? There was a clear day when I decided that I'm opening the library. Yes. But I mean, I had the idea sort of in the back of my head the whole time I was raising children, sure. like Christy said. And then again, when they were grown, I thought, well, these books are going to waste. Right. right. <laughs> so I thought, Okay, I'll open the library, and I did make it very official. You did, okay. I, I guess so. There was a yeah. before and an after yeah. for you, Sherry. Right. Okay. 
my clarity probably happened when my husband bought the right. building. <laughs> now you're finally committed to this. And yeah. put yeah. it next to the house. Yeah. Yeah. Diane, don't you feel like it's different now, or at least our experiences have been different, that it was much more of a, wait, what? This is an idea? Oh, how do I get to that point? And now I'm doing it. I don't really know, because for me, it was, it's been about 25 years ago that I wrote down on a card, someday I will have a library. Right. And I had no idea that other people did that. And I still didn't uh, mm -hmm. till. Mm -hmm. I don't know, a couple of years ago, maybe when we started mm -hmm. talking about these yeah. people, um, I didn't have any way to know that. <laughs> these people. <laughs> well, the people that we know now that, that we've Diane, met in the last year or so, I, I just didn't have any way to know. Was your first experience with a private lending librarian, Kathleen Seeger, do you think? Because we knew, you and I both knew Kathleen through Potato Peel Pie. Do you think she was the first one that you I don't, knew? Who I don't was think doing I this? knew about her having a library at the time. If I did, I was too busy. Ah, I, gotcha. I, I think I was probably too busy teaching at the time to be worried about what other people were doing. True, <laughs> true. Okay. And and Kathleen and I being so geographically close to each other and so similarly aged, I think I just I think we got to know each other maybe a little bit better. And and mm -hmm. so for me it was Kathleen Seeger and and I'm like, wait, what? You do what? How does that work? <laughs> Tell me more. But then I never really considered it as even being an option until I met all of you library ladies last year. It was not even a pipe dream for me. Not to say it wasn't a wish. Right. You know. Well, you could call a, a cause of it the explosion of social media. That's what I was getting at is, yes. And the uh, Yahoo right. was clunky. It was mm -hmm. there. And but you had to know it, what you were looking for. It, you had to go find things mm -hmm. for, versus social yeah. media, which just suggests aggressively. <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. And it's everywhere. And everybody joins everything. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, Christy, what do you love most about this? Why do you continue to do this? Oh, I think Sherry and I are definitely kindred spirits on this. I love talking about books. My sisters and I, if we're out somewhere and some, especially at the consignment sale where I sell children's books and they see somebody come and ask me a question about a book, they just kind of roll their eyes and walk away. <laughs> so it's like, don't ask me a question if you don't want to know the answer. <laughs> so I do, I, I love to talk about books. I love to recommend books. I love to see people catch Mm -hmm. that vision. Um, it doesn't happen mm -hmm. a lot, but I, I, I enjoy that. And I also enjoy mm -hmm. the hunt, right? Sherry, I love discovery. Uh, I call it my squirrel pants <laughs> sometimes because I'll, I'll just buy books because they look interesting <laughs> and, and then I'll look them up and I'll do research on them. And, uh, and now that, that we have a little bit of a collection of members on That's library thing, say, yeah. we can spy on each other's <laughs> catalogs and every book that I think might be worthwhile, Greta or I whip out my phone, go to library thing. If it's not in Tarp Farmer or Sherry Early, we just put it back. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I have a stack of books that we've bought over the last couple of weeks. I'm like, I don't know, but Cherry has it or Christy has it. So <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Must I don't be know. Or, or Sherry has it on her wish list. And I should look <laughs> yeah, because yeah. maybe you need the book. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, Diane, what about you? You are not yet open. So you represent the other end of the spectrum. These <laughs> ladies have been doing this for a very long time. I mean, you're the same age as these ladies. What about you starting when you are, how you are? Tell us about that. Well, I've always loved being surrounded by books, but we moved a lot. And we mm. didn't have money mm -hmm. to buy the books. And when I was homeschooling my kids, mm -hmm. we lived near a library. I could look out my front window and see the library from our house. And so we didn't keep, yeah. we didn't buy them. I just went and borrowed them. We'd come home and I'd say to the kids, don't bring more than you can carry because I got my own pile. <laughs> and so later when I was teaching, I sort of became the person that people came to and said, my child needs more books. What can they read? And so I kind of got into the habit of being the person who knew about the books that were good for kids. Right. And then right. uh, I started having grandkids and decided that my goal would be to have enough books in my house to homeschool a child from kindergarten through 12th grade if it were necessary. Which means that when you when know. I then decided that it was time to do this, I didn't have the kinds of collections that you guys do as far as like a lot of books for little kids because I can teach a kid to read with whatever. And I know yeah. I didn't think I mm -hmm. needed all those, the books for the small children. And partly also because there's still the library if you want to go get those. Well, that's not true right. anymore. At at my local Correct. library, as becoming less and less true all the time, it is not necessarily safe to just tell your child to go grab some pictures out of the picture book bin. Um, right. It was always in the back of my mind. And then we started talking to these ladies and I still wasn't thinking I'm going to do that. No, you were not. I, you were very uh, resistant. <laughs> because I had enough to do. And then it's kind I know, of like, I could just yeah. see. I could see. We're doing this, yeah. Diane. We yeah. are doing this. <laughs> but it, but also some of the, some things started to happen, like not having some of the things to do that I had been doing. And right. so the accommodations in my house had to change. And it was just a lot of yes. things where all of a sudden one day I went, I don't know why you're not doing this too. This is stupid. You... Are obviously <laughs> supposed to have a library. So sometimes God has to hit me over the head and sometimes it's more gradual, but this was kind of like a gradual hitting over the head. Yeah. yeah. Ding, it's time now. So this has only been, I looked back today because I wasn't sure, Sarah, but you made my logo for me in May. Oh, yay. That's when you finally oh, decided for yeah. sure on your name. Mm -hmm. And I said, can we just try to put together a logo mm -hmm. for you? And you were like, yeah, that's great. Well, then I had to wait this summer. I also I knew, though, that this summer was too busy. I couldn't say, this is it. I'm starting on my journey. I, today's the day. Right. It was six or eight weeks from now is the day. And so now yeah. I have my opening date in mind. But I still, if, if you came in here and went, are you kidding me? You're going to loan like this? You'd probably freak out. She would, but I wouldn't. I'd be like, go for it, girlfriend. <laughs> Yep. I, because that's what I have to do is I have to say, I am doing this whether I'm ready or not, or I won't be ready. Right. Well, and for me, it started with one patron family. 
And we were upside down, topsy-turvy, inside out, no order, nothing. And she would say, well, do you have such and such? Oh, no, I don't know. Maybe I can find it. Maybe I can't. So I sympathize with that. You Sometimes I think that's the best way to open is that you do a soft opening with a few patrons, figure out what people actually need and want and how that really works for you. Like, what do you want to do for people? <laughs> My soft opening has been going on for probably 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. Let me tell you something happened to me yesterday because I keep thinking. Uh, my opening is going to be so soft, nobody notices because that's how I usually do everything, you know? Well, so yesterday a woman called me and said, I heard about your library because your friend was talking to me because I haven't advertised it to anyone. And she was telling me about her experience at the library that made her perk up her ears when she heard about it, because it was an incident mm. where a child went, was they were just, she was letting them roam free in the library and they came back and said, mom. I think you should see something that I saw and it wasn't good. Mm. She'll be my patron before I open because she's coming right. next week. She's and I'm, yeah, I'm not ready to do that, but she yeah. wants to come see what I have. And, and maybe that's why a lot of times I don't open my mouth until I know for sure that I'm going to do something because if people start coming to me, because you know, you're going to be trapped. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and because I, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. And, and, God usually likes to make sure that I don't get things perfect. He's like, just get off dead center. We'll worry about that later. <laughs> One of the things I think we're going to repeat over and over again on this podcast is that there are all kinds of different ways to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot depends on your own personality and your own style and all that kind of stuff. When I started, it was a, hard opening i like i had flyers yep. and you know things like that okay but i had all my books in this little room it's a very small uh, formal living room in the front of my house mm. very small i had mm, less than five thousand books and most of them were in the rest of the house not necessarily in there sure. And they were not tagged. They were shelved in alphabetical order, mm -hmm. but that's all. Mm -hmm. And I started, and I think I had two patrons. Mm. And, you know, I sort of wanted more than that. Mm -hmm. But as, and as time went on, I, I did get more, mm -hmm. but it took a good while. I think the two patrons I had were friends of mine who thought, oh, this is so sweet. We love Sherry. We'll <laughs> I'm not sure. They didn't. They didn't what a cute little hobby. So, you know, I mean, they, they were there for a year yeah. or so, and then they went on to other things. But um, you have to be personally right. ready. Yes. But you don't have to have everything but ready. You never I will. I will say that throughout this whole thing, probably, I'm going to be the low-tech person. While you guys are talking about the technicalities of library thing, I'm going to be going three by five cards. <laughs> there are other librarians, Diane, who we've spoken to who that's exactly what oh, they yeah. do. And yeah. it works I'm not apologizing for that. I'm just saying there's going to be, we're going to have the entire spectrum because I don't know if I'll ever have all of the things done. Well, and this, yeah. this is where 
God is leading us with our strengths. Mm-hmm. He has made us for a particular purpose, a particular time and place and people. And I think that one of the things, one of the places where I've drawn great strength in, in my journey in the last nine months is talking to you ladies and remembering that what is easy for me is a blessing and I should lean into that. And what is challenging for me might be permission not to lean into that. And that this library is going to look like I want it to for the patrons I'm serving. I have over 20 patron families. I mean, I've only been technically open four months and I have over 20 families and I've got several more in the hopper. If I don't have Tiny Cat, I am lost because I've got 258 books checked out right now with library day in a couple of days. <laughs> There's going to be so many, so much traffic. I need library thing to help me. But you might not if you're going to have a completely different kind of patron or a completely different Uh-oh. size of library. Your index cards are probably exactly perfect. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think one of the things that made us very excited about this particular show is that between the four of us, we represent four really different backgrounds and places and styles and needs and sizes and, and, and ages And our hope is that the people who are listening in will find a librarian who sounds a little bit like them and be able to gain from their experience while also hearing what works for the other librarians and hearing that as permission to mix and match and take what works for you and not try to pattern yourself after after one ideal, but rather here are four different ways to skin this cat, whatever the particular cat is. The tiny cat. The tiny cat. So or not. <laughs> right. So I began this journey in officially in January when a friend of mine who I love very much called me and said, I've had it with the public library. I cannot go any further. I've had another scandalizing experience and I am ready to put the shoe leather and the money into amassing a library for my children. But I just don't feel equipped to know exactly what to even buy. And she said, can you help me? And I said, yes, absolutely. But I said, I have to be completely honest with you, friend. The Lord has been pressing an idea into my heart the last few months as I've gotten to know these library ladies. And I kind of was running away from it. But your your call to me today really feels like a call from the Holy Spirit. Will you help me? Will you be my guinea pig? Will you let me practice this idea of maybe having a library? And she said, no, 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 I I would love to support you, but I really, I have five kids. I really want to buy the books. And I said, right. But if you help me, you can check all the books out from the library and then decide which ones you actually want to buy or don't want to buy. She said, oh, that's a great idea. And it's interesting because recently I asked her about a couple of different titles and she said, you know, we just didn't love that one. And that was great because she was able to check it out from the library and know that she just doesn't like Eric Carl. So she doesn't need to buy any Eric Carl. <laughs> Cross it off her list. So we practiced from January until May. And then in May, I had what I thought was going to be a soft opening, but apparently I don't do anything by half measures. And so <laughs> we're surprised. We're very surprised. I, I can see, I can hear it. Shocked. So I offer my story only to say, you can see, we've got a librarian who is kind of in the throes of it being underway. You've got a librarian who's brand new, who, when we're recording this, hasn't officially opened yet. 
And we have two other librarians who've been doing this for a very long time, one of whom's been formally open, official and everything, and another one who's had a soft opening for 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) Christy, you have been lending for a long time, just in a different way than most people think of, right? Yeah, I guess you could call it bag lending, you know, because I would have books and would go to church. And of course, I had peers and they all had kids. And since I had books, I would just take bags of books and they would kind of get passed around like my daughter's Polly Flinders dresses would get passed <laughs> around. And then they would come back and they'd go to somebody else. And then the kids started growing up. And then then we had a homeschool group. So I started taking bags of books to the homeschool group. Step one of the soft opening yeah. is yeah. bag lending. But I I haven't gotten too much further than that. And and I did at at one point printers, uh computer printers, they the all in ones yeah. came out. And you could get one pretty mm-hmm. cheap and, and they were pretty cool. And so then we had the the checkout system where we'd line the spines of the books up on scanner. top of the the scanner and make <laughs> copies because it didn't just scan them. It made mm-hmm. copies too. So I could make two copies and give a copy to the person that I was sending the bag of books with and keep a copy for myself. I don't know. It made me feel more secure, but I'm not exactly sure I ever really <laughs> at those papers. I'm not sure I even knew where they were, but it made me feel good about doing something. Oh, okay. But like you, that. it sounds to me though, even though you're <laughs> saying that you're, you've been having a soft opening for 15 years, you've been serving the needs of the community that you're in. Amen. Because that's Amen. what people wanted from you. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, different ones along along the way that I would run into. And it hasn't been until um, I got the building that I've actually thought about trying to do it more formally, mm-hmm. even though it will never be a library like Sarah's, which is, you know, public space, gathering mm-hmm. space, because frankly, I'll just take <laughs> the books over having space, <laughs> yes. you know, that that's just the fact right. of life here. But I do have people come by. And since I did put my name on Michelle's list years ago and probably somebody else's list, I don't know if Liz and Emily had a list. My name has been out there. And now, of course, it's on the private lending library list. That was a big Mm. step. It's like, oh, my goodness, people might actually (laughs) see that who live in my town. Because I'm still not prepared for success. <laughs> not really. <laughs> so I'm just going to take it as it comes along. And if somebody reaches out to me, which will be the topic Your of talk. my library <laughs> life today. Well, let's segue right into that. We've decided that we'd like to come every month and share with you the one big thing we're dealing with in that particular month. And as a librarian, it's like being like a mom. There's always 50 things you're doing and you're splitting your mind and multitasking. But there's usually one overarching thing that's sort of heaviest on your heart and central to your focus. So Christy, talk to us about that. What is your thing this month? I have a patron who came to me through my trunk library patron who has moved out of the country and they are actually dealing with 
the library of a school mm. that they inherited. Mm. So when they were back in the country this summer, we had a nice little round table on how to use readerware and start cataloging the library that they've inherited, which was all on mm. cards. Mm -hmm. So that's been kind of fun. But she has a, a sister and a friend who are probably going to be using my library. So over the summer, uh, you know, I sent out the links and everything. And a couple of weeks ago, I finally got a response that said, okay, here we are. I made a nice spreadsheet for you. I have some that are very technological and I have some that just put the list in the mm. email. And, uh, but she created a nice spreadsheet for me. And um, it wasn't very many books, about 12, because she decided she was going to do five in a row oh, with her lovely. youngest. And they have most mm -hmm. of the books, but there are 11 or 12 of this first batch that she mm -hmm. does not have. And if, I can see why, because they're the ones I only have one copy of in mm -hmm. my library because they're they aren't print. Yeah. real easy to find. And Purple House Press, God yes. bless them, has reprinted the ones that she oh, wanted. Oh, marvelous. But, but they're not, you know, they're not no. dollar books at, at uh, the book sale. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I have one copy. So uh, that led me to, okay. Now I have to go find mm. these books. They're in my catalog, so I know I have them. And they have a general location, picture bookshelf. Oh. Well, that picture bookshelf encompasses seven shelves and about <laughs> five boxes mm. and some mm. more somewhere. <laughs> so I thought, okay, this is called Seat of Your Pants <laughs> Lending. Baptism by Fire. You just, <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like, okay, this must be the day that mm -hmm. I will start organizing the picture books because I would just shove them, mm -hmm. shove them, shove them. They're, they're all mm -hmm. there in one corner. Mm -hmm. So I kind of know where they are, but um, now I have to go find them. So that's what I've been doing. I just started at mm -hmm. one end. This is where my little posty note marking system comes in, where I get the little posty mm -hmm. notes. You know, I use the little ones. And when I'm cataloging mm -hmm. a book, sometimes for the third time, <laughs> because some of these I've had since I started cataloging books with Readerware, and then they would go in storage, and then I would touch them mm -hmm. again. And then this last round is they have to have a posting note. If they don't have a posting note, then I need to do something about it oh, in the catalog. Okay, sure. Yeah. So I put the posty note on the front and I will mark on it where it's supposed mm -hmm. to be shelved. And if there are any special collections sure. that it belongs in. So I could, so anything that I had marked five in a row, I could see at a glance on the outside of the book. Oh, I want to pull this out. So I'm pulling all the five in a row books mm -hmm. to one side and then putting the rest of the general picture books together. I am five shelves main sort. Wow. I haven't gotten into the boxes yet. So that's what I'm doing right now. But I, I love my little posty note thing. And it's really handy when somebody wants to check the book out, because what we'll do is we'll take the posty note off the front and tuck it inside right up next to the binding inside. And it'll pretty yeah, much exactly. stay there. Yes. So they can open the book up and say, oh, this is mm -hmm, not my book. Mm -hmm. 
because I don't have spine labels. I don't have stamps or anything like that. But if I'm, if I'm Mm -hmm. smart and I make the time, I will put barcodes on them before they leave. But sometimes they get past you. Since it's just a short. Sometimes they do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I think it's really important that our listeners hear clearly that your books might be lent out and they're not fully cataloged. This is permission to lend out your books as long as you're comfortable and you have some record of it. Lend them out and know that when they come home, it's the perfect opportunity to finish covering, repairing, cataloging, whatever. Don't let don't let the idea of a perfectly covered, perfectly cataloged book paralyze you from getting into the gritty and just loaning the thing out. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I have to tell you that when I was when I was first loaning out the books, um, when I first started my library, I was entering them in adding them to library thing as I checked them. Yeah, out. uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it really doesn't take that much time to add a book to uh library thing and probably not to the other databases that people use. Right. Uh you know, you yeah. just yeah, it take, it doesn't take that much time. So, unless you have twenty families yeah. staring at you, I, I never have. <laughs> I know, and I will right. never have that. That's problem, my thing right? to talk yeah. about this week or this month. Yeah. So we'll get we'll come back to that later. <laughs> right, <laughs> Sherry. What about you? What is the thing that's really occupying your your work and your mind and your focus right now? Well, um. The thing that I, I was I was thinking about this in terms of the thing. What did I learn about life, doing a library this month? Yeah. The thing I learned in August was that there is a time to have an open house and a time not to have an open house. Um, <laughs> you would think I would have learned this a long time ago, but yeah. Um, I usually have a couple of open house dates Mm. during the year Mm -hmm. because even though I'm open to people making an appointment and coming almost any time to see my library and see if they want people are more likely to come if you say oh this is the this is an event Mm -hmm. this is an open house no pressure you know you're not going to be the only one there you're not going to be in the hot seat so so um, I usually have one in January because that's when my um, membership year starts. Okay. And then I usually have one sometime in the summer. Uh, this year I had an open house at the beginning of June and I thought this would be great. Uh, starting this, I had a little summer reading program, very simple, you know, read 10 books and get a prize at the end of the summer. So I thought people can come, they could start the summer reading program, you know, da, 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 da. it was either the end of May or the beginning of June. And I did all the preparations. I cleaned my house. <laughs> um, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And I had one family. Oh, And I don't think they joined. Mm. I think they came and, looked at the library and were very everybody's always very positive but anyway um so i was like well this was a waste of time and energy and um and i thought about it over the summer and i thought 
okay, we'll try again. Mm. <laughs> and I thought I'll have an open house in August because people, because I was getting uh, emails from people. Um, I heard about your library. Da, 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 da. And then I had a bunch of people who had a very positive response when I went to um, an, what they call an expo and used book sale homeschool ah, thing sure. uh, later in June. And I had a bunch of people, you know, oh, I would like to see that. Oh, I'd like to come. All that kind of yeah. stuff. And they gave me their, I had a sign-up sheet and they gave me their email. Mm-hmm. So I had that too. Anyway, so. I told everybody again in August that I was going to have an open house and emailed the people that I had emails for and put it on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Well, lo and behold, this time I had four new families and uh, like four families that were already patrons who came to this open house. And it was, it was, it was great. That's awesome. Um, and all of the all four of those families I think joined. And then I had some that talked to me afterward and said we missed it, but we went to come. So that worked out great and lot. Okay. So August. When people are thinking about going back, back to school. school yeah. And not early June when people are thinking about, Oh, we're done with school, let's do summer stuff, right, you know. Right. Let's go to the beach, whatever. I figured that out. <laughs> so after nine years, <laughs> but you said you were going to do. You did a summer reading program. So not mm-hmm. just to build on that. Tell us about that. Did that work? Do people do summer reading programs? Do you like doing them? I think people who are better at programs and book clubs and things like that, like Sarah, will have a better response. Mm. But I had sir, seven children who completed it. And like I said, it was a very simple little, I ran off a place for them to list their 10 books that they read. They had to be books that they checked out of, out the, of the library. library. Right. Of course. Library. Yeah, exactly. Then when they brought it back, they got a Chick-fil-A Gift card. Oh, so, fun. <laughs> so six or seven was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Diane, what about you? You're getting ready to open. Right. <laughs> what is your, what is your primary focus right now? Well, I, is it cataloging? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's it's, it's everything. And that's part of, you know, I, I stand around and go, okay, what should I do today? Oh, all of it. Because I'm I'm getting I'm getting tons of new books. I'm just now getting started cataloging anything. What I had to do, yeah. July I wasn't home much, but when I was, I said, okay, I got to get this going. But um, my library's in my front room, and that's where we always had all the pretty books. So the lovely sets of mm-hmm. grown-up books that were on display mm-hmm. because it's not like somebody's in here reading all. Well, I'm reading all the time, but I can't read all of them. And all the kids' books were upstairs in a, in a little room that we had for my grandkids, you know, and I just kept shoving things in there. So in order to do this, I had to get all the grown-up books upstairs, set up brand mm-hmm. new shelves, and carry all the kid books mm-hmm. downstairs. So every book mm-hmm. in my house moved from one floor to the other in a couple weeks' time. 
So I had to do that. And you built those shelves. Well, I you built I put them the together. Assembled yes. them. But before yeah. I could catalog or anything, I had to do that moving. And so that's why I haven't been doing some of those yeah. things like getting them into library thing or, or deciding even, I don't know, where they should go and all of it. I just, I have a mess. And it's that's why I'm saying it's going to be a soft and low-tech opening. <laughs> But see, I I think that's the case for most people. Most people who are librarians or want to be librarians, it's just them. So it's all on you. Whether you're good at it or right. not, it's yeah. all on you. From assembling bookshelves to creating a card catalog to covering books, whatever, all the things, it's all you alone. And my experience is very, very unique in that my children are old enough to consider this a passion project that they have but young enough to still be home. And so I have an army. And that is why I've been able to open as quickly as I have, ramp up as quickly as I have, and and really tackle this in a big way because I have three very active assistant librarians. I think it also depends on personality mm-hmm. because there are some people who are comfortable with winging it to some extent and with doing something low tech mm-hmm. and thinking, okay, I can do it this way now, but I'll maybe I'll change in the future. Right. And I don't have all of this done, but I can still loan. Yes. And there are some people who want to have all the ducks in order before they loan anything. Out. Yes. If you're that, I tend to think because of my personality that you need to get my personality <laughs> inside. Okay. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just, you know, right. go in there and right. get it done and, and yeah. quick yeah. and dirty and it'll be okay. I don't know. I think you do need a little bit of that. I agree. Or you'll never get you'll there. You'll never get there. But on the other hand, you can, if you have, you know, Sarah's army <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, you can get a lot of your ducks in a row before you start. The other thing is that I don't, maybe, maybe I'm the only one, but just because it was time to open my library didn't mean that the rest of my life stopped. (laughs) And I'm constantly finding myself having to do other things besides play with my books because I still have accountability and responsibilities to other things. And and those just aren't going to go away because I say, no, I'm, I'm done with all of those things. I'm only going to be a librarian. It's not going to happen. No. No. And no. you still have a family for one thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, everybody does. I, right. I do, even though my children are grown. Yeah. Um, there are right. things that come up, like <laughs> babysitting grandchildren. <laughs> that, well, if I had that, to do that uh, now, I'd be putting them to yeah. work, that's for sure. But yours are a little bit small. <laughs> yeah. Mine would actually love it. <laughs> this summer, Diane and I met up in Denver. I was speaking at a conference, and Diane and I were able to speak with a lot of a lot of moms about homeschooling, we also were able to speak to some prospective librarians. And one of the things that we had said was there were these two different women who barely knew each other, but they're from the same place. And one was saying, well, don't talk me into this. I don't want to do this. But of course, I really want to do this. So just stop talking me into this because this is really what my dream is. And I'm going to do this. So stop it. You're making it too irresistible. And this other woman who's like, I would love to do that, but I have this objection or that objection. And I said, why don't the two of you get together? And Diane and I were like, you know, you could do a co-op library and you as a team could handle it. And I don't think 
we see a lot of those examples in the directory. We do, of course, with Liz and Emily, and there are some. Um, I know there are a few other pairs that work like that. But for those listening, if you are thinking, how do I do this? I can do some of this. I can't do all of this. Look around, see if there is another another person you know who wants to do it with you. I will say that the the woman who called me mm-hmm. yesterday about the library, we were also talking about she can't quite decide whether she's done with some of the books that she's thinking about donating to my library, mm. but she was would kind of like to loan some of the ones she's not sure she's done with. And so we were talking about putting together on the side a list of books that belong to homeschoolers in the area who would be willing to loan them, but that maybe I could be the clearinghouse for the list so that they didn't have to be messing with that, but they still get ownership of their books, but people are using them when they're not using them. It may or may not work out that way, but that's an idea that came up when we were talking about her. Not quite sure she was done. So Christy and I are thinking the same thing right now. We're thinking we'll put it in library thing and put each person in their own collection. Right, Christy? Well, (laughs) yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you don't you don't realize how easy it is to if you've got to handle those books to make a stack and get your mm-hmm. app and just zing zing zing. You don't have to do anything mm-hmm. else; just get them in there. At least they're there, and it's it's very fast with the advent of smartphones. I don't have to right. use my copy anymore. <laughs> I can take mm-hmm. pictures of spines or I can just lay them all out. When when my, my former patron came home for the summer, the first thing they did after they got settled in is they drove out here and the kids all, like the plague of locusts, <laughs> went through the library and pulled out to a couple of boxes worth of books because they were going to be in the area mm. for a month and they needed something to do. <laughs> so they, they pulled out a box of books and I just took pictures of the mm. books themselves and created a photo mm. album and could share yeah. the album with them. And then you can actually see what you're looking at. So this, the smartphone has made that easier. even easier. Well, This month, I am trying to solve the checkout problem for me. So speaking of checkout, (laughs) so we use Library Thing and we have a tiny cat account for our listeners. Library Thing is completely free to use. It's a marvelous library software. It's not the only one. There are a couple of other really excellent ones out there to consider. And so we'll put links to those in the show notes. You can just choose what's best for you, whether it's index cards, a spreadsheet, readerware, Michelle's database, library thing, or whatever else. Use what works for you. I personally use library thing. uh, And thanks in large measure to Christy and Sherry. And I didn't think I would need a tiny cat account because people could just look at my library thing and they could just email me what they needed. Oh my goodness. Tiny cat is worth its weight in gold. It's not that expensive at my size library. And so it's been incredibly helpful because the moms will go in, they have their own login. It functions just like the public library. It looks to them to be almost no different. And they can just select my books, place holds, manage their holds, manage their renewals, that kind of thing. But 
I tend to have everybody descend upon my library in mass. I do a lot of clubs through my library. Um, you don't have to do clubs to have a library. I do them because I'm a former teacher. I love clubs. I love having the kids here. This is just a really important part of the uh, charism of our library. And so what that means is that when I have a book club here, I might have seven families with their 20-some children, and I've got, between them and parents, 30 people in my house, and my house is not that big. So how do we then handle the checkouts for those seven families, some of whom have children with their own library cards because they're voracious readers. They have their own tote, their own library card. So we could be checking out 200 books on a Saturday and we're doing it in a short window of time because they've come for club and they want to check out their books either before or after and then turn around and leave. So what I've been working on this month with Greta and my boys is to streamline it technically and rearrange it physically. We Because the issue isn't just the checkouts. It's the 200 books that are being returned at the same time. There's no way I can check those books in on a Saturday. But I still need to know when these books come back, which family they came back from, because like I said earlier, not all of our books are fully cataloged yet. And so sometimes those books are coming back and like, that's our third copy of Norman the Doorman. I'm not sure which family just returned that one. So I don't know who to check it into. Because not everything has a barcode on it yet, but we're getting there. So we have come up with where we're going to have returns. And I bought a whole bunch of those cloth grocery bags. And every family will have their own family card with a name on it laminated. And they grab a bag, grab their card, clip their name to the bag, and put all the returns in their bags. And they're going to do that upstairs in my living room. And then come downstairs with empty totes put all their checkouts in their totes. And then we have two scanners that we use with our library thing account. And so we'll have two different checkout stations. I don't know if it's going to work or not. I'm telling you now, this is what we're going to try on Saturday. <laughs> so next month I'll report back as to whether or not that made things better or worse. I don't know. <laughs> uh. I don't have any advice for you except that I don't have don't have that many people at one time. <laughs> oh. oh, and you know we because I couldn't. I I, I don't. I don't uh, no. <laughs> I really strongly encourage my patrons to pull their checkouts ahead of time, right? To place their quote unquote place their order in Tiny Cat ahead of time, because then what we can do is we have all their bags. With their, which we'll have every patron has bags with their names on them, and they can just pull their books, put them in. They're already checked out to them. Greta and I can pull them a week in advance, but set the checkout date to the actual day that it's going to be checked out, which matters to us because we do checkout periods. I know not everybody does. Sherry, you don't have any limits, do you? No, I don't. And Christy, you're not really loaning a lot yet, so you don't have. Do you, when you, when you are going to loan formally, are you going to have 30 day, 60 day checkouts, anything like that? Because I am not going to have the same problem mm -hmm. that you do. It's going to depend mm -hmm. if I have multiple copies mm -hmm. of the book and somebody's doing a study for a quarter, then yeah, sure. They can. And I will set that 
in right. the lending period. Right. Because I, I don't have to have a default lending right. period at this point. Um, now, in the case of these five in a row books, of which I only have one copy, we are going to go by, okay, what are you going to use mm. in the fall? I'm not going to send all 11. I'm going to send you the ones you need for the first right. three units. Right. And then you can send those back swap them out. and I'll give yeah. you the rest. Perfect. Yeah. Diane, what about you? Have you given thought to what your lending period will be? <laughs> are you going to do a lending period? I told you I'm making this up as I go along and I haven't made that up yet. (laughs) Well, we currently have, because I just, when I got started, I just stole, I think it was on Groups.io, but now it's on the card catalog. Sandy has a really excellent contract. I just, with her permission, stole it, tweaked it, made it my own. And I loved the 30-day checkout with one renewal allowed no more than 60 days without the librarian laying eyes on the book. Of course, that would be different if you're if somebody's checking out something for a term, that'd be different. But for just general circulation, I really loved that idea. But Greta and I have said, we've kind of had it up to our eyeballs with forcing renewals because my patrons are not going in and actively affecting their renewals. So they've got the book. Today, I woke up and I have 50 books that are overdue. It's crazy because they don't they don't mean to be overdue. They're all coming on Saturday. So it's not like they're grossly overdue or something. And it's such an arbitrary lending period. It's just like, well, they didn't, you know, they checked that book out 30 days ago. What, what does that really mean to anything? So Greta and I have decided that uh, we're going to tell families now it's 60 days and it must be returned at the end of 60 days. And so that we're just going to do one time, no renewals, 60 day checkout, because that allows them if they're not coming to a book club every month or a history club every month, at least if they're coming every other, they're probably not going to get overdue that way. And that's, that's what we're going to try. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's the best part about having your own yeah. library. I think part of my hesitation to set rules like that is that I have no idea who my patrons will be. Right, and what their mm-hmm. needs will be. And so mm-hmm. my library is small. I can't have yeah. people taking a 1,000 books home for a quarter, but I right. don't know really what do they want from me. I don't, I don't have any idea yet. What do they need? Right. I mean, I think we have to look at all of this always as being an evolution and a journey. But I think especially in the first year, if I've learned anything since January, it's that you are going to change things every 60 to 90 days. It's just going to, it's, you're just going to keep getting different ideas. I hope that it's like parenting where you hit your stride at a certain point. Sure. There are still questions. There's still challenges, but you're sort of like, okay, I now know on my fourth baby, this is how we handle diapers. <laughs> you know, Right. Because there must be things that even though something comes up that you haven't done before, you look back on your principles and the things that you have learned and say, no. I already know that's not going to work. Even though somebody's begging me to try something, right. I can say, been there, didn't yes, work, exactly. not doing it. Well, I agree. Especially the part about you're going to change something mm-hmm. every so often. Mm-hmm. And when I get someone that reaches out and says, well, I just want to get mm-hmm. this system down at the very beginning because I don't want to change it. I just want to know how I'm going to do it. Right at the very yeah. beginning. And I was like, that that's just not going to work. That's not how it goes. 
because you don't know what you're going to see. No. And you have to be willing to pick something and say, we're going to try this for three days or we're going to try it for 90 days or or a year, whatever. You just try it until it doesn't work and then switch it when it does. Like we've made a decision that might be catastrophic. This one, it makes me sick to my stomach to think about, but I don't know any better way to do it. We wanted to do old school meets new school in terms of our checkout cards. So we have in every single book, we have an index card or an old library card, old fashioned style library card that our patrons sign. It's dated and they sign it just like when you went into the library, when you were in your little school library and went and checked a book out. We want that old school thing because we love the legacy. We love that when little Joey checks out this book in three years, when his little sister comes behind him and checks out the book, she can see her brother's, her big brother's name on it. We want that. That's, that's just for us, part of the nostalgia, but it still needs to be super duper efficient for us. And so that's where barcodes have been such a gift. So the barcode is on the card. Well, we didn't want to damage the book because we kept thinking about if you put this in there in any permanent way, it's permanent. What do you do when the card is full? Or what do you do if you change your mind? So we tried. For months, we tried. We just had the cards resting inside the book. And when they would check it out, we would collect all the cards. They would take the books home. Yeah, that was a disaster. Because if we had multiple copies, we didn't always necessarily know which card went with which book. It was a disaster. So we glued them in. And I might hate this idea, but so many of the library discards that I have purchased over the years have glued in checkout cards. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Most of what I have has glued mm -hmm. in something. Exactly. Because it has to actually stick together. Yeah. There's nothing magic about a book. No. What? That's exactly it. It's a vehicle. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, I... I mean, you know, if you've got a Shakespeare first folio from 16, don't put it whatever, in your library. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're not going to do that. You're not going to own it anyway. But these are just books. They're Amen. tools. They Amen. are a thing. But you can be careful. I've been so frustrated a lot of times where like to get a book where the map on the inside covers actually makes a right. lot of difference and they glue something on the front and the back. So you can't see right anyone. Right. So yeah, so you should be, you can think about sure. what yeah. would I want if I were checking this book out and not do dumb things. That don't glue yeah. when you put the mylar around the dust jacket and then they glue it down so you're covering the yeah. map or you're on the signature biographies, you're covering the Ooh. timeline of the person's life. Like, come on. <laughs> I find it really interesting in the library discards I get. It, like some of them glue mm -hmm. them down. You can see an yeah. evolution. Oh, let's see. Rubber cement was really <laughs> the thing in in th during uh -huh. this era. And then, oh, now we've got the yeah. filament oh. tape that never comes yeah, out, exactly. you know, that, that yeah. tapes the, oh. the jacket in. Oh, now we've got glue it with something that just rips right. the whole book up. And it's like whoever the new administration was. <laughs> said, oh, no, this is the way we're going to do it now. And and then you get a whole bunch of books from that yeah. era that all have it done that way. Sometimes the shelf label is on yeah. the outside yes. of the mylar. 
And that's really great. Up, and sometimes right they on stick the paper. right on the oh. dust jacket. <laughs> yep. So many different ways. But now that it's your mm -hmm. library, you can have it your but way. I, and somebody will complain about the way you did it. <laughs> 40 years from yeah. now, if they get your book. Might even be you. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. might Absolutely. even be complaining about Who how did you did this. <laughs> oh, right. It was me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I think that one of the things that I've had to learn the hard, hard way in this first year is something that Christy really gave me a lot of peace about, is that there is a transference of ownership. When you are going from your private collection and you want everything to be archival and you want everything to be pretty, and I think about how many times I passed up a library bind because it was ugly and I wanted all matching spines. And now I'm like, oh, I give my eyes tooth for a library bind. I like buy lots of landmark books on eBay simply because they're in library bind and I can trade them out because <laughs> I know they're going to survive nuclear war. The thing I've really learned is that when it ceases to be your own private collection, and it becomes a library that you are sharing with others. There is a custodial uh, understanding that happens in your mind. And I think that the Lord really blesses us with a certain amount of grace to say, this book, the physical book is not as important as the story inside of it. I need to care for this book. I need to make sure that this book lives as long as possible. But the goal is to get this book into the minds and hearts of the children in my library. That's the end game. And so the book is going to get used. It's going to get abused. At some point, it's going to wear out. But doesn't that mean it's been living a great life in the minds and hearts of children? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is not a magic switch that you flip no. in your brain. Because you'll find yourself taking yes, them back. I believe that. And, and yeah. you know, and and thinking them of as your yes. children again and as your yes. own books and then you have to get your mind right, right put it back where right. it belongs. Right. So you have to, I have to practice what I <laughs> preach. And it can be hard because some of them have connection to your memories, the amount of work that it right. took to get them, you know, or um, stories behind yes. how you found them. Or their, or their costumes. You know, I mean, to, to complete a landmark or a Messner set. And sometimes you, for reasons that you wouldn't normally do, but for whatever reason, you've decided to invest in this book or, or maybe you got it like cheaply, like my flat tops. It's a, it's a unicorn. You can't find flat tops very easily, but I found a copy for $12 on eBay trashed. It was completely trashed, but I thought, great. I can fix I can, that. You can yeah, read right. it. You right. can read it. Yeah. The pages were all falling out, you but they were it. all there and the cover was warped and gluey and gross. And I'm like, I'm cutting this baby open and I'm taping it back together and I'm covering it in plastic, uh, the, the sticky plastic to sort of like give it more structure and make it you know, just anything I could think of. And I didn't follow any rules. I just used products that I thought were probably safe and I glued it. I taped it. I, I fixed the pages with Filmoplast. And now that book is out there living on my shelf for $12 plus a couple of dollars in, in book repair supplies. And I'm good with that. But I have patrons who won't check it out because to replace it, if they were to wreck it, the replacement cost is prohibitive. So that's where you sometimes go, oh, I really want this book for the library. But if they damage it, what happens? How do I ever buy it again? And then I remind myself, Sarah, 
You are simply stewarding the book you have. And if it dies, it dies. You just need to be faithful in your stewardship. So be a big girl and let it go. (laughs) Well, ladies, for many months, I have dreamed that we could have conversations like this. We get to have them all the time together. You've been so generous and gracious with me and Diane and our other friends. It's been such a joy to get to know you better, to learn from your stories, to draw from your strength and be encouraged by you. And I, I've just long felt like there's a lot of other people who might want to listen in on those conversations. So thank you for blessing us and them and joining us in this way. Yes, thank you, Sherry and Christy. So friends, we wanted to let you know that this will be a monthly episode, but sometimes we're going to record little tiny bite-sized ones that are very, very topical. When we know that there's a little question that we just wanted to answer quickly, uh, we're going to release those as well. So today, before we started recording this, we had a short chat about a particular aspect of library thing, difference between tags and collections. And so if you're curious about that, go ahead and look in the podcasting app because we're going to release it as well. All of this will be linked on the card catalog. So if you're not familiar with the card catalog, let us draw your attention to this, this beautiful passion project that the four of us are sharing in in collaboration with the ladies from BiblioGuides as well. So we have been trying to put together a central lending library database list. So if you are a private lending librarian or about to be or discerning to be a private lending librarian, let us encourage you to go over to biblioguides.com and look for the private lending library option on their menu. And you can register your library there. It's totally free. It's free for you as the librarian, and it's free for all of your prospective patrons. And you control your information, so you'll be able to create an account, again, a free account, and you get to decide what your listing looks like. If you want to make changes to it, you can update it at any time. Then we would love for you to come over to the card catalog, which is hosted on our website at plumfieldandpaidea.com. And we will, of course, link all of this in the show notes. But in the card catalog, you're going to find a wealth of resources, and it's a growing body of resources. Questions about Ask the Librarian, how to shelve books, how to tag books, how to repair books, you name it. Those questions that are coming up in all the circles that we move around in, we're trying to capture them and we're getting librarians from everywhere to answer them. So not just our voices, a whole bunch of others as well. There's also our newsletter. We would love for you to subscribe to our newsletter called Shelf Notes, and you can register for that on the Card Catalog website, and then you'll be able to get a monthly newsletter filled with all kinds of goodness, tips, tricks, stories, links, things of interest all of the things to try to make the librarian life just a little bit sweeter. So friends, that's a lot to digest. Best answer of everything is just go to the show notes. If you head over to the show notes, we will link everything. We just want to encourage you and we want to come alongside and be your cheerleader. So thank you so very much for listening. Until next time.